Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Luchadors of Liberty. On this episode, we host Stephen Nicola, the Libertarian Party of Florida chair. He uh, has been on the podcast one other time whenever we did the Adam Kokesh uh, crazy bus session at the LPF convention back in like 2019. But this is his solo appearance here, and he's in full regalia from the Josh Smith podcast and uh, Break the Cycle. If you haven't checked out Josh Smith's podcast, check that one out. But he on his podcast, he dressed up in full regalia. He's back in even more and possibly has Josh Smith locked up in a basement somewhere. We'll see. We don't know. It's been unconfirmed. He's in an unconfirmed location. Can't really find him somewhere in the Conch Republic. Anywho... We talked about Afghanistan and everything going on with the troops leaving and leaving weapons and and what the libertarian take on that is, at least our libertarian take on it. And we also get into vaccines and uh, just other things. And keep in mind, we are are trying to make light of a very, very bad situation. And this podcast is one of uh, satirical nature, so... If you're offended, I'm sorry, but you know you you can't be mad all the time. When you're dealing with politics, you have to you have to laugh at terrible situations. Otherwise, you're gonna get burnout and you're not gonna have very much fun. So, without further ado, let's kick it to the intro and then kick it to the great Stephen Nakayla. Out of Iraq as well, and I wouldn't start a war in Libya. I quit bombing Yemen, and I quit bombing Pakistan. I'd start taking. This is how the war on drugs is presented. We're concerned about your health, so we're going to send you to prison. Made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for—I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. Frustrated with mainstream ideologies. If you're an active duty soldier, then these absurdly common factors that accompany being a critical thinking human being now coin you as a potential terrorist or radical extremist. And then I'm coming all the way to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! Oh, wow, wow, we were. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Luchadors of Liberty with our special guest today. Stephen Nakayla. Why, well, hello, Robert. Hello, hello, hello. Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> shalom, shalom. Welcome, 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 welcome to. We are here back at undisclosed location. Uh, I am here just uh, just got back from Afghanistan from Kabul, and uh, I went uh, disguised as myself to infiltrate the Taliban-ridden city of Kabul uh, in order to upgrade some of my weaponry. Uh, here I have AK-47, AKM variant, uh, as you see, but thanks to the generosity of the American taxpayer, as you can tell, I was able to upgrade to more modern type weaponry. So I thank wow. you very much for the opportunity uh, to be able to wisely spend your American tax dollars much more wisely than American politician. Wow. So thank you, Robert, for having me on the show. And if anyone asks, I have not seen Joshua Smith anywhere. He may or may not be locked in closet. Oh, no, he's supposed to be the next LNC chair. <laughs> well, no, leave. not the next LNC chair. That's Andrew McConnell, right? But he, he's going to be a part of the liberty movement. <laughs> we need him. 
<laughs> Correct. We have third world internet here in undisclosed location. I think Mr. Smith will be okay, but don't expect him to uh, return any Twitter DMs anytime soon. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. I I see you've got the weapons from the U.S. That's you know uh, a trend that we like to continue from from funding uh, moderate rebels in Syria, and they go back over to Iraq and just trade weapons with each other. Here's a video of some of the stuff that uh, that the Taliban has acquired from the U.S. military within the last what couple of weeks or so because of uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Oh man, I'm gonna cut the sound on this so you can just talk, you know, say anything that you want to say. Look at that. Yes. Look at that. Well, money. look at that. Is uh, there? Are you getting any of that? The... Did you get any? Oh of yes. That? The... I I might have had a, a few stacks like kept under my uh my uh my 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 mag carrier here uh you know they don't know they the taliban i go you know i go to the the taliban in taliban uh their interest <laughs> rates are very low uh but their late fees are an arm and a leg you'll <laughs> <laughs> be here all all ramadan <laughs> all ramadan all ramadan L look at and that that is actually insane though we can't even get these weapons here, right? You see, Robert, uh, after the Taliban were able to receive the weapons uh, from the American uh, military left over for the Afghan National Army, uh, Mr. Biden, he uh, put sanction on Russian ammo so Americans can now not get any ru cheap Russian ammo imports anymore, uh, which is why uh, yours truly went into Afghanistan to, of course, use our taxpayer dollars uh, for resupply. I saw this meme. Uh, it was like Kermit the Frog meme where wife was saying uh, to her husband, why, why does our bank statement have a private charter boat going to <laughs> Afghanistan and, and back? He was like, first of all, lower your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely insane. We, uh, you know, this, I don't know if it's going to say uh, it shows that the government trusts the Taliban more with uh, weapons than the American people, but it sure seems like it because they do it a goddamn lot. <laughs> they they just like to fund uh, the terrorists, you know. You, so. you see, Robert, uh, the you, the U.S. government trusts uh, the Taliban, uh, the Mujahideen, uh, Al Nusra Front. Uh, these moderate levels in Libya and Syria much more than the American people, because if you or me wanted a short barreled rifle or a silencer so we don't blow our ears out in our home, we'll have to pay a $200 tax stamp, go through a background check, uh, get our fingerprints taken and wait nine months for permission slip to do so. But if you're Taliban fighting the Russians or the Taliban fighting the Taliban or ISIS fighting ISIS or ISIS fighting the Taliban or ISIS fighting Americans or Taliban fighting Americans, you can get weapons for free. Mm. And let's go to another uh, piece of military equipment that they acquire. Sorry, keep saying, uh, I just wish I could slap myself in the face every time I say it, but I'm trying to be cognizant of it. They have drones now. I, I wrote a paper on this uh, for, for law school in our international law class about the Soleimani targeted assassination. And I said, okay, if this is going to be our policy going forward, what happens when these weapons fall in the hands of terrorist groups, stuff like that? They now have. They have drones and 
not just one of them. It's not just like the Taliban has one drone. So what are they going to do with them? Uh, can they even figure out how to fly them? You, you, I don't know. But it's you not good Robert, that they have it. I think the whole Soleimani incident was a mistake. You see, Mr. Trump, he meant to ask Siri to order uh, a pizza with salami, but instead <laughs> sent a drone to kill our salami. So, oh, big mistake happens all the time over here in Middle East, uh, where routinely, you know, bombs, maybe they go off in the wrong location. Now, who can say who it was delivered to, but we paid the postage either way. It was a great salami sandwich. It was a great salami yes. pizza. You see, Robert, the 2000s are back. We have new Grand Theft Auto coming out. Uh, we are on the verge of the next uh, bubble, similar to dot-com bubble and Taliban are back in charge. So we will party like it is the year 2000. Don't get my hopes up with the, uh, with the Grand Theft Auto. I love me some Grand Theft Auto. We've had the same Grand Theft Auto since, what, 2012? And it's been working still. It's still a good Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I had to get like three extra graphics cards just so I could play it in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Let's see. Uh, this is actually terrible. Um, so obviously the United States has left behind uh, a lot of interpreters and people, allies who have helped the troops on the ground. Uh, the Taliban has now captured U.S. facial recognition and eye scan database. Uh, this is from American military news. So basically, the Taliban can go door to door and say, you helped the U.S., you're held responsible, and they ratted you out, basically. They gave us the whole list. I think the moral of the story is do not trust the U.S. government with uh, keeping you safe, even if you work for them. Um, yeah, and also the Taliban is going door to door and asking civilians to give up their privately owned firearms because they don't need them since the Taliban will be providing security, which brings me to the point that governments really just are uh, gangs of overlords, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you for bringing uh, the humor today. <laughs> I, I'm try We can try to keep this funny, even though it's a very, very bleak topic, but... It I, I want to try to make light of a bad situation. And hopefully if any veterans are watching this, uh, we're not, I, I don't want to trigger anyone. I, I've seen even Liberty like leaning veterans posting on uh, Facebook and stuff saying that they're going through a really tough time with this, uh, you know, saying like, what do we do this for? And what did we really do it for? We did it for lining the pockets of big, big government and big corporations like Raytheon, right? And that sucks. It sucks to hear. But well, Robert, there's a there's a few theories as to how we got here. But I think uh, one thing is for sure that we the United States government definitely lost the plot along the way. And uh, the mission was no longer clearly defined. Uh, it was the whole point of going to Afghanistan in the first place was to find Osama bin Laden, uh, even though the Saudis were never received justice for their part. And they were very explicitly involved in the attacks of 9-11. However, that was swept under the rug. And those 33 pages of the 9-11 Commission report uh, was classified until many, many years later, came out not too long ago, that the Saudis were involved. Uh, the Pakis, obviously, the Pakistanis, who were also, by the way, instrumental in helping to create the Taliban with the CIA back in uh, 1989 and 1992, um, most likely knew about Osama bin Laden's presence not far from their own capital, uh, unless you're the kind of person that believes he was uh, uh, 
you know, cryogenically frozen or whatever and died of diabetes 10 years ago. Who knows? <laughs> um, but <laughs> but uh, those Twinkies was Osama, the picture, Osama really, really liked the Twinkies. We couldn't keep them away in the soda. Osama we couldn't keep just... them away. He'd like. <laughs> <laughs> that's just funny. i bet i bet when they found them he probably had like a like a like a like a megan fox poster on his wall and a box <laughs> of twinkies and some some old i love lucy reruns on vhs <laughs> i love megan fox and transformers i love shia labeouf but Ed megan fox is way way better <laughs> yeah so don't watch transformers for the robots i watch it for the megan fox can't you see <laughs> Just beating off to Shia LaBeouf in a cave somewhere in denial. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but no, it was in Tora Bora, yeah. right? Like in, in 2001, yes. 2002-ish, the, the U.S. military yes. knew, knew where Osama was, and they let him go over back to Pakistan for there safety. Were- there was a point where they, they knew where he was, but for whatever reason, uh, they did not pursue him. And obviously the war ranged on for two decades, the point where the the young men that died recently at the Kobol airport were actually toddlers by the times, by the time that, you know, either their, you know, they were toddlers by the time the war started, right? So between the ages of 20 and and, and 30, the ones that died. Uh, And, uh, you know, we have to ask ourselves the question, you know, what, what is the real role of the U.S. military and what is our role? Um, you know, as far as our place in the world and our own self-defense. And I think the obvious answer is this whole idea of if we don't fight them over there, they'll come over here argument is completely bunk because out of everything that's already happened in Pakistan and Libya, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, and other countries where the U.S. has been involved in the last uh, uh, 20 years, uh, the blowback has been extreme in those areas, but we have two large major oceans, uh, we have distance. There's a reason why we're we're safe over here. It's not because they hate us for our freedoms or they hate us uh, for whatever reason. They just want us out of their country. And not to mention the role that the U.S. has actually had in creating these groups, ISIS as well, by funding the al-Nusra front and the war against Syria and Libya back uh, around 2014, 20, or excuse me, 20, 2010, 2011 ish era. Uh, those help prop up those groups. And I'm sure when the Chinese invade Afghanistan in 20 years and make the same mistakes as the other superpowers, um, <laughs> they're going to be yeah. using M4s and M16s against those feet folks until eventually they leave and uh, resupply Afghanistan. So it's just a tragic cycle all around. And, uh, you know, it, there really needs to be a question of, and obviously it's been coming from libertarians for a very long time, uh, what is our role and why is why should it be? a purely defensive role against uh, attacks to the American people and not this idea of nation building and, and fighting a war on terror, which is very, very vague. Mm-hmm. Just like Ron Paul said back in, uh, back on that TV show, I think it was in the eighties even. And he was getting booed when he was saying this, he was saying, why, why are our best <laughs> airplanes and ships overseas? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they right here? And everyone like the TV show host, like took a joint, like a fake joint out of his mouth, like <laughs> handing it around. And everyone's like, just say no, just say no. I remember that video. That is two <laughs> things that they made, like, booed him for that just didn't age well. And the only and that, person in the room that stood up for mm-hmm. freedom and liberty was Ron Paul. That In this whole situation, the what if speech 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And isn't it amazing how yeah. vindicated Ron Paul was decades later? Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I think libertarians will be vindicated 
uh, decades later, as we already have been when it comes to war on terror, the war on drugs, uh, the Federal Reserve, the economy, um, you know, all these things are going to be things that will be vindicated of, which feels great and nice to be vindicated uh, and definitely makes us right, but also still means we have to suffer the consequences to get mm-hmm. to that point. And I don't know if you went through the D.A.R.E. program as a kid, but I'm pretty sure everybody I know that went through that program ended up doing drugs. Yeah, we used so. to. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a funny game we would play when the, the officer was giving the, uh, giving the D.A.R.E. speech or mm-hmm. showing a video or something. We would pass like the fake joint around amongst like <laughs> our couple friends right there. Just like when they wouldn't see, and you have to be like, pass it. <laughs> which is funny. Young libertarians in the yeah, making. It was like fifth grade, yeah. but but I mean at the same time, I think that you're right. I think that has made more drug users than any other program ever. Statistically, it has, and and as it's funny because the whole lies about marijuana is actually what got me to really open my eyes and say, holy shit! If mm-hmm. the government's lying to us about marijuana, what else are they lying us about? Because they were pretty, uh, they were they were pretty sure that pot put holes in your brain and you would turn into a bat and think you're flying around the room and go kill somebody if you take one toke of weed or whatever. You know, it was, yeah, it was so out of it, it was so insane. Was that was that movie a long time ago? Uh, they made uh, oh Ma- reefer madness. Reefer madness. Yeah, that was the belief back when back when they were like this stuff is terrible. It should be illegal, right? It would. It would uh, make black guys fuck your wives and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they you were know? totally afraid. And and actually, marijuana was the name of a Mexican tobacco. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing was racially charged. And essentially, uh, uh, what God, what's his name? Um, was it, I think I'm the right guy. Was it uh, Hearst? William Randolph like Hearst. William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've heard Joe Rogan talk about him yeah. enough. <laughs> William Randolph Hearst. So he basically, and Joe talks about him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I found out about him 10 years ago and I'm researching like, holy shit, this is crazy. This is a whole corporate attack on this plant that turned into the, the creation of the DEA, which essentially this guy came in and became a part of, and he was going out and speaking out against cannabis because it was tied to the hemp plant, which was used to make paper. And he owned a bunch of paper mills. So he wanted Mm -hmm. to compete uh, against them. So he devised this whole campaign to make it illegal uh, by using fear and racism to essentially have the government go ahead and classify this as an illicit substance. Even had somebody uh, going before Congress and say that, oh, I smoked marijuana and I thought I turned into a bat and started flying around the room. I mean, that's the level that they took it. (laughs) Terrible. And, you know, she could have ended all that with, I smoked marijuana and thought I turned into a bat and flew around the room. And I had a great time. And I, and it was so fun. Then yeah. nothing could have happened. But. And I sat around, I got really hungry <laughs> and Uber wasn't invented yet. So I had to <laughs> go out like, in public. It was terrifying. It's like the Chappelle show when they bring Tyrone Beckham's to talk to the kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, have you ever done LSD children? <laughs> I was with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and we were just laughing all day. Because <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's kind of one of the, I don't want to say one of the first, but in the early beginnings of government working with big money and corporations to write laws Correct. and stuff, right? You know, and influence society in a way that takes away your individual right to ingest substances in the, in the way that you see fit. Yeah. There's so much of this, this 
fascism. Very timely topic too. Yes. Like vaccines and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the whole vaccine thing or even attacks by the American Medical Association, which represented private, uh, very wealthy hospitals that shut down Black-owned hospitals and mutual aid. So, you know, it all ties in together. You know, why, does, why don't we have this in the free market? Oh, it's because fascist corporations decided to lobby, you know, this away uh, or, you know, mandate this. And mm-hmm. and it is fascism. So, you know, we, we talk a little bit libertarians about socialism and communism, but the dangers of fascism are just as real yep. by Mussolini's definition, the merger of corporations and the state. The mm-hmm. military industrial complex uh, is one large example. Uh, big pharma is one large example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole thing with vaccine mandates is it is it is uh, a mandate to take a private sector drug that is then forced. You have to take this into your body, whether you like it or not. Um, number one, it creates a, it, it, it divides us in different castes. Okay. The vaccinated, okay. the unvaccinated. Let, let, let's, let, let's, yeah. I know, I, I don't want to ruin uh, your thought, train of okay. thought or anything. I want to wrap up the Afghanistan. Oh, story. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's if go. If we're heading back. this, if we're, if we're moving this way, we're moving yes. this way. Yes, yes. Um, so with Afghanistan, obviously, our stance here is we shouldn't have been there in the first place, right? Correct. But if 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 we we are there and we're gonna withdraw, don't do it like this. That's how I feel, right? You have to Correct. you have to round up all your weapons or at the very least destroy them. Have some people destroy them. Why do you think they left those weapons there? Do you think they did it uh, conspiratorially on purpose or something like that? Well, you see, Robert, they have vaccine in Afghanistan. It is called seven six two by thirty nine. Uh, it is uh, administered from AK, and uh, you know they needed the supply there for for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that what <laughs> happened was, <laughs> I think that what happened was is um, I think that there was a Soviet-style communication method with the military, and what I mean by that is I believe just like very much what happened in the Soviet Union is that people would try to convince their bosses that everything is great, and so I think for many many years. As exemplified by the Afghanistan papers, uh, it basically broke down the fact that intelligence was bad. People on the ground g- gave a prettier message to those at the top. And they said, yeah, everything is perfect. Everything is working. You know, we're good. We're not losing. This is a winnable war. Our mission is, you know, clear and we're heading that direction. Um, Joe Biden used to be head of the uh, Commission on Foreign Affairs. He was involved in the bombing of Serbia and the Balkan Wars back in the 90s. And so he knows a thing or two about, about the military, how things are involved, unlike Obama, unlike uh, uh, Trump, Trump and, yeah. and to a degree, probably he knows a lot more than Bush. So I think he is somewhat keen on military affairs more than other presidents. Um, and I believe that he thought potentially, or at least high level military officials thought that the Afghan National Army, using this giant cache of weapons that the Americans gave to them, would be able to fight up the Taliban and actually create a state um, without mm-hmm. the American support. What happened as soon as the U.S. pulled out? Well, the the president left the country <laughs> after two weeks. Um, literally, uh, commanders in high-level positions said, hey, we got a truce with the Taliban. Go ahead. They, uh, lower-level guys laid down their weapons, literally left their vehicles on. Taliban came in and basically became the new ANA, the new mm-hmm. Afghan National Army, uh, with all the same equipment, uniforms, et cetera, and just kind of took over. Mm-hmm. So did the Americans anticipate that? I bet there was some who did, but I think the top brass really believed that uh, 20 years of being in Afghanistan might have actually equipped the Afghan government to actually be able to uh, 
you know, fight off and create a, a valid government and this and that. And right now you literally have at the, at the Kabul airport, Taliban right outside the perimeter guarding the airport and guarding the Americans from ISIS and other terrorists that are trying to bomb the airport. It's very, very strange, this whole scenario uh, and how it's unfolded. And I think the Americans have about three more days to get the last plane out of there before the Afghans, uh, the, the Taliban essentially comes in and uh, takes over the airport, I believe is the agreement. So it is wild. Um, it is strange. And it is a one of those things in foreign policy that it's not clean cut. And I think above all, it also shows the fact that large nation state militaries are not equipped to fight these kinds of wars, guerrilla fighters, um, people like the Taliban, um, you know, the, the U.S. Army is designed to fight the Russians or the Germans or, you know, North Korea or whoever. If there is a flag, the U.S. can probably fight it. That's what nation states do. They fight other nation states. But uh, there's a book out. It's called, um, I think it was published in like the 80s or the 70s, something like that. It's called uh, War of the Flea. And it's a, a comprehensive look at guerrilla warfare. And I think it said about 40% of guerrilla wars were successful um, using their guerrilla tactics to for their goals, whatever that may be. So Afghanistan is full of guerrilla factions. It is very difficult, almost impossible to fix that. And the only way to get rid of guerrillas and fight them appropriately is not using militaries, but police work, because it's much more localized and it's dealt with in a different way. Kind of like how, in some ways, although not completely, how the English dealt with the IRA in some respects. Mm. Um, but it is uh, the ungovernable, unconquerable uh, graveyard of nations, which is Afghanistan, and they keep the belt. They do. They do keep the belt. And maybe even to a certain extent, the U.S. try to entrust different warlords and different tribes mm -hmm. throughout Afghanistan, which they are not the best people either, right? You, you, right. Don't, want, you don't want them ruling <laughs> much of Afghanistan either. So it's a it's a lose-lose situation. And, Just like what they did with Gaddafi, yeah. right? Like who's worse, uh, Gaddafi or open air slave trades yeah and and then it becomes a meme in the u.s you know like getting sodomized with with a sword up, up your butt becomes get off in the u.s like, right because tosh point because we just we're just so far over here we just laugh at it um right. what do what do we do with refugees what 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 is the libertarian position here on refugees you know you might have military-aged men coming coming in sure. the united states Stephen. what what do we do about yeah. that how do we vet those people yeah well i think um given given the situation some sort of vetting would be a good idea for sure i think what you don't want to do in this scenario is to do what germany and other countries did um, and basically offer them resources i think offering them hey look you want to get across the border you can figure it out what you're going to do i don't know to me, that's the libertarian response. You want to come here? Okay, we're going to maybe make sure since you came from a war zone that, you know, you're not coming from ISIS or something like that and pretending to be somebody you're not. Sounds reasonable given the circumstances. Um, but for the most part, you know, you come here, you kind of have to figure it out and through the good grace of, uh, you know, donations and whatever, hopefully we can get you on your feet, get you a job, get you, you know, involved in the community and integrate from there. Uh, what Germany and other countries did is they basically said, if you come here, we're not only gonna give you food, we're gonna give you shelter, we're gonna give you a job. If you can't work, doesn't matter, we're just gonna cut you a check. 
So essentially what that led to is a lot of people passing through countries in Eastern Europe and other poor countries that no one really wants to live in, right? And go straight to first world countries like Germany, um, going through Greece, uh, risking life and limb to literally, and people dying in droves, floating up on the shores of, uh, of Greece, uh, just to get to on their path to Germany. And so you don't want that either. So I think what is a libertarian approach to say, okay, you want to come over here, you want to come to the States, let's, let's get you guys over here, especially since the US did make a promise to these people, I think they deserve to be kept safe, mm -hmm. uh, to kept safe. But what happens when they get here is purely up to them, and it's going to be on them and the good grace of the American people uh, to decide by their own voluntary uh, resources to to help these folks out. Yeah, and that's the tough, and you know that that's something people from the left don't want to hear. They want they want right. us to you know give them anything and everything, but at the same time, that's that's what we call theft on this side of the island. Right. <laughs> you know, it, I I agree with you. I just wanted to play devil's advocate for. For a second, because yeah, that, that that is a major uh, topic amongst people on the right side of things. It, it's tough, yeah, because because a lot of what's happening in Europe too is actually there's a whole right wing uh, takeover in a lot of countries in Europe because of what happened with the immigration policies that they had, mm -hmm. right? So they have a bunch of people coming specifically to their country just to get free free handouts. Yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah, no, that is a huge problem, yeah. and, and it creates it creates disdain among. I guess yes. blue collar and right wing people here in the U.S. too, because it's like they're getting money, you know, the classic, right. classic redneck thing. That's yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people they say, oh, well, the southern border, and we got a, we got people coming from Afghanistan, but the southern border is wide open. Well, I've, I've never heard of any, any story ever where uh, anybody from the Middle East has come through the southern border. So, <laughs> if yeah. it hasn't happened in the last twenty years. I don't think it's going to happen now. Yes, yeah, so it uh, hasn't has not happened majorly, at least, right, right, right to where where there's been a, another attack on on U.S. soil. But that's why we should have our military back at home and not overseas. Right. That's a, yes. just another reason. Um, I guess a good transition would be mm -hmm. the the media's flip on Biden. Right, I have mm -hmm. not seen the media flip on Biden so so much. It, it since he's been president since the debates right because he has pulled out of afghanistan yeah it's kind of crazy because um <laughs> you know you have to wonder all right you know our first reaction to libertarians is like yeah screw biden right mm -hmm. um but i think we also have to think about it well you know if it was our guy up there and we just pulled troops out of afghanistan uh, you know, this is a result that libertarians have been asking for 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 decades so mm -hmm. we're finally out of afghanistan I definitely think they should have scuttled all of the, uh, the 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 equipment that was left over because it was literally the rough equivalent of an entire annual Russian military budget worth of supplies. It's like eighty um, billion or something like that. Yeah, it's it, it, something, absolutely insane. Plus the money they didn't even right. count just the, stacks of old, cash. That, the big old stack of cash we showed earlier in the show. Like how much was that? That was all hundreds, all right. Benjamins. Yeah. That is like straight out of a rap video. I, I wouldn't be so sure as if the Taliban's not going to film a rap video. <laughs> with, That's like with... Al Capone levels of, uh... <laughs> and, and it's, and we live in this crazy world too, where you have little Taliban on Twitter posting memes, but Trump I mean... banned from Twitter. Right. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex we can Jones have... banned from Twitter. Yeah. Alex Jones and Trump are banned from Twitter, but we can listen to, you know, we can, we can ask uh, to Taliban questions about anime. <laughs> that is... I mean, it's just, it's just so strange um 
but you know, we were saying we're talking about you know the media response to to Biden, and yeah, we have to almost also realize that yeah, the media was never on our side. Is there a reason why the media is all of a sudden very hawkish and wants us back in Afghanistan? Why isn't the media being objective? Um, yeah, of course, it's terrible what happened, but you know, I mean, it is what it is. There, mm-hmm. How much more time, energy, and resources, personnel, uh, lives are we going to spend on a fruitless war? Uh, that does not have a mission at this point. I mean, what is the mission? Nation building? Yeah. To what end? Right. To, to, to this end, to the to the absolute yeah. just devastation of a country like like Libya and Yemen. Right. Right. So yeah. I hate to say it, but I think he was at least right in pulling out of mm-hmm. Afghanistan. But uh, you know, there's always going to be those who disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, that speech he gave was one of the best speeches I've heard Biden ever give. Yes, you know, I'm not going to brush over the fact that he did vote on these wars and he is right. responsible, uh, partly responsible for why we're there. But right. that was the first time I heard Biden speak and go, hmm, like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's right here. Uh, but they still didn't t- take any questions. He just left. Right. Like, Mr. President is like, mm, that was four or five days ago, fucko. Yeah, yeah, no, we got a hurricane to worry about in the Gulf. We got around to bigger things. Mm-hmm. Vaccination. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish you would have given it some more attention, but, uh, you know, we do have to say as libertarians, well, is this a policy that we would have wanted ourselves? Technically, yes, it is. Um, you know, so we have to view it as, okay, you know, mm-hmm. could have been a lot better, but at the same time, you know, we did get what we wanted, uh, whether or not it's pretty. That's what I was getting to with the media stuff is the media right. is just going to tell you uh, – whatever they want to tell you because who who's paying the media it's probably big companies like Raytheon and stuff oh, yeah. like Johnson & Johnson Moderna and Pfizer so they're going to tell you to get these vaccines and and all that i'm waiting more and more on these these studies going on in the uk right. i saw a study from from the uk that was saying 3 fourths of the deaths are from people who have been fully jabbed twice really yeah huh. yeah it's pretty try, wild. Yeah, I'm gonna try and find it, but I was I was like, okay, more of this stuff needs to come out, and people need to read it. I tried to send it to one of my friends, and they didn't even they they weren't even gonna read it. So right, right. It's like, uh, why am I talking? Why are you forcing me to do stuff? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna just do it just so I can live my life, and I go, that's compliance. Right. That's what yeah. compliance is. Right. I mean, I think I think any everybody should make a good faith decision whether or not they want to get vaccinated because there are you know legitimate even even now you know there's questions of is it does it look bad if there's too many negative side effects out there right uh you know there's companies that have a uh, and and medical professionals are saying look you know this this works we got to get this yada 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 so we won't know because this thing is so new what the effects are going to be for many many years um and uh you know i i got vaccinated i got the moderna shots and um I still don't know. I mean, I don't really think about it. Like I got it. I kind of figured I've probably done worse damage to my body with drugs and alcohol. So, you know, that's what is this going to do to me? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like, also the thing too. I've had worse hangovers. So I'm kind of <laughs> like, well, you know, a lot of the same people that don't take the vaccine will also do drugs on the weekends and they don't know what's in that either. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I just think it shouldn't be a big deal. Like, I think it shouldn't be politicized the way it mm-hmm. is. And I think that's what really bothers me is the whole idea that, uh, you know, we're being forced to, to take certain medications into our body that some private corporation invents and they ha- are not liable for whatever it does to us. That's the thing that got me. They weren't liable. 
and I saw somewhere where the employees at Moderna and Pfizer are not required to get it, and that just got me. I was like, oh, and then White House staff, some mm-hmm. of them weren't required to get it. It's like, okay, well, if y'all aren't required to get it, here's the article. I'm going right. to pull it up for y'all. You want to hear an unpopular libertarian opinion? Yeah, go ahead. I, I think that the uh, the vaccine should have been out sooner. I, I think that the government should have, that FDA should be abolished and that if those vaccines come out, bring them out. Yeah, day one, whatever. Just yeah. make sure there's liability. I don't think, yeah. I, or you have to sign it away at least. That's the but thing. But it shouldn't be automatic. That's the thing. It's kind of one of those terms and conditions right. kind, of, kind of deals where um, – the government's already handled the negotiating for the individual. Right. And you can't, you can't have that kind of society because then it's not really voluntary. It's, it's the government holding your hand, making these deals. I get it. They have to, right. In order to spread it to the people. But at the same time, what if, what if half the population died? Right. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying there's agenda 21 and all that, but at the same time, there, someone has to be able to fall on the sword, and the classic thing about government is you can't hold them accountable to save your life. Like there's, they right. have have clauses in there that are like, oh no, you can't hold them accountable. This is a, an article by Chris Waldberger that was shared on the Mises Caucus mm-hmm. MeWe page or the Florida Mises Caucus MeWe page, and he he cites to this new study. Oh, here. The report's right here. So this is Public Health England concern, technical briefing. This is 44 pages, but I know the chart. Is there like a summary? There might be a small summary, but I'm going to go to the chart that he had. Um, I'll just go ahead and go back to the article because he, he puts it right here. There's, let's see... Where is it at? Okay. No, we're going to get to him later. Yeah. And you know, it could, if you've ever read the book, there's a really fascinating book um, called the, uh, the great influenza, which so out of 742 deaths, 402 were fully vaccinated. 79 had received one shot. Only 253 were unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows if this vaccine causes cytokine storms, which make it worse off if you get it and, or if, you know, maybe it's just not as effective, it seems. Um, the efficacy could be a lot lower, could wear off or whatever. Um, what I thought the numbers were saying was it was helpful with the therapeutic aspects of it, the vaccine was. So right. Saying that it's your 95% of people that are dying are not vaccinated or right. not fully vaccinated. And, and I don't really trust the numbers coming because even in the UK, they count it as a COVID death, if it's within 28 days of you having, you know, stuff, right. little things like that. But I thought the numbers were going positively for these vaccines. This report says otherwise. I'm going to take a deeper dive into it later. But yeah. it's just one of those things like cause an alarm for, for me to take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, it definitely won't stop you from getting infected and it won't stop you from getting symptoms of COVID. Uh, you're still going to get the SARS-CoV-2 virus. You're still going to be able to spread it around. I, and I, I do have an employee who just got, uh, she was vaccinated and she got hit pretty hard, mm. but her husband who was unvaccinated is in the hospital, but he also had the vaccine and got it at the same time. So that might've not been good. 
Uh, literally, he got the vaccine the same, like, the day after he was, you know, the day before he got tested positive for COVID. I think there's, like, a two-week period where yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not effective. It's right? not effective. And, it, and I think your body probably has a stronger reaction because you're sick with it. I mean, he's probably the best immunity ever, <laughs> but it's going to be really <laughs> shitty in the meantime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not a panacea. Uh, you know, none of this stuff is panacea. Is like, the whole mask thing. Like, masks are just designed to basically keep everything closed. So, if I sneeze, then <clears throat> then everything kind of stays locally. Yeah. So if you're over there at dinner in the bar, you know, you might not get sick, but everyone around me, a you know, six foot radius just got sick. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe it helps, you know, but it, it's it's not it's not going to protect anybody. And we're just doing our best. But I think the reality is everybody's going to get this thing at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and we can't and, be afraid. And that's one of the things that Tom Woods cites in one of his e- e-books. If, mm-hmm. if you haven't subscribed to his e-books, he puts them out like like hotcakes so you should definitely do that but he he cites to people reporting that asian countries like china and and japan had lower cases because they were wearing masks but he was saying that that's because they have been exposed to coronavirus already and so they have immune more immunity than us which and I'm like, that makes sense to me that that just makes sense to me personally i'm not a medical guy either so i don't know yeah, I mean, I think so many people probably already had COVID and just didn't realize it. Because, yeah. you know, case number one started in Key West in Florida, allegedly, at least the recorded case. Passage. So we have a lot of Asian cruise ship <laughs> passengers that would come in. And some guy from Bradenton, Florida came down. And basically, uh, he thought because because they weren't really testing at the time because the CDC was completely fucking up the testing, because they were the only ones that were allowed to uh, give tests. So they wanted to test for not only SARS-CoV-2, but also original SARS and MERS on one test trip. Why? Because they're the government. So they completely botched the <laughs> test. <laughs> Why are we doing it this way instead of doing the... Um, so yeah, I mean, they basically were only testing people like if they were deathly ill. Uh, this was like back in March or April. I think it was back in March. This guy got tested and uh, he thinks he got it from an Asian cruise ship passenger, which does make sense. Um and then I think it spread through Key West and a lot of friends that got sick back then. They didn't know what it was and uh, they got over it. And probably a lot of people in this community got sick, despite the fact that my county shut down our border and literally put a political siege on the Florida Keys by putting a checkpoint at the top. So it's a roadblock. Because the Republic can do what it wants to do, right? Right. Yeah. The Conquer <laughs> Republic. And, and the ironic part is the Conquer Republic was born out of a protest which turned into a, a war uh, against the United States um, <laughs> because they the government put a checkpoint at the stretch. So the Conquer Republic was like, well, if you're going to treat us like another country, we'll just become another country, declared war on the United States. Uh, the battle <laughs> raged on for minutes as the Conquer Republic Navy threw stale Cuban bread at the U.S. Naval Cutter. The U.S. Navy Cutter commander did surrender. Uh, and the following day, so did we. And for restitution, we demanded $1 billion to rebuild our country and uh, that they lift the checkpoint. They did not give us the billion dollars, but they did lift the checkpoint. And so was the creation of the uh, Conquer Public and the Free Florida Keys, which we do celebrate every year. And I just hope that spirit isn't being lost today because now our own government's doing the same thing to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by I, the way, that's a tongue-in-cheek story. It is a real story that actually did happen. We have our own flag and everything. You can actually get a passport. Um, all that actually happened. Yeah, I, I was gonna. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna. Yeah ask you some about about the conquer public and and 
lead into maybe secession talk about and sure. stuff like that because I saw a map and we we did a meeting with Mike Meharry of the Tenth Amendment Center. Mm -hmm. uh, he gave a great speech to some of the Florida Mises guys, and I saw a map that said if every state uh, had or if every secession attempt had been successful <laughs> in the United States and it had like 124 different states, oh, wow. which was crazy. Jesus. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. And I think they were including other secession attempt night, like, uh, like they had West Florida on there, which Pensacola, where I'm from, was the capital mm -hmm. at a certain point. Oh, wow. And I think that was a British uh, colony and, and a Spanish colony. I don't know if it ever technically tried to secede or not. So the map yeah, might Tallahassee, have been Tallahassee is the worst capital ever. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and that's the reason why they did it, because when Florida when West Florida merged with Florida, mm -hmm. Pensacola was the capital and St. Augustine was the capital. So uh, they did say met, met in the middle, made Tallahassee. Dang. Yeah. It, it's for, so dumb. For, it's so for dumb. For being a landlocked, like, I mean, for being like a ocean, whatever, uh, peninsula, like they picked the most landlocked middle of nowhere place. It's like 15 hours from my house. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, how that's big so Florida is. Yeah. I had to drive one time to uh, Pensacola for a convention. It was literally 15 hours. And I think Tallahassee is about 10 hours. I would never pick yeah. Pensacola for a convention. Not saying we, I love the beaches here. It's great and stuff. But yeah. the convention should always be in like Orlando, Tampa, yes. center yes. of Florida. That's what, I, that's what I say. Um, yeah. After that, I think we, well, most of us in South Florida all agreed on that one. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it just sucks to make that drive. Because imagine even Miami for me, that's like 12, 13 hours. That's, yeah. that's, that's a long People way. People don't realize how big Florida is. And Florida is as wide as it is long. Because once you get to I-10, you're just like, holy shit, there's two time zones in this state. Yeah. I got to gotta come down to Key, Key West, though. We got we to gotta kick it in Key West. I saw the... Uh, one of the, the podcasts, either it was his podcast, or your podcast, the mm -hmm. guy, Larry Lock. Um, oh, Larry Lawton. La yeah. yeah. The guy who was in prison for a long time because he didn't rap for doing bank robberies. Or yeah, something. he was he was America's he still is uh, America's biggest jewel thief. And he served 10 years in fe the federal pen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was a he has a book called The Gangster Redemption. And if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, he reads the book on his YouTube channel. You can also buy the book. But He's a badass. I love that guy. He, uh, he is a badass. <laughs> I heard him he's talk come down at, here a few times. Uh, I heard him talk at that. I think it was Cocoa Beach, uh, yep. like business meeting for the LPF. Those stories were crazy. He he did say the private prison industry is terrible, and you know we were trying to say, mm -hmm. well, it's because of the government, but it's prison. Right. Like reality, it's it's prison. It is a prison, and it's basically anything that's a private prison is basically uh, it's basically a public prison. Mm -hmm. And this is this is the actual report here, the numbers um, for anyone watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. Uh, go to the page if you're listening to it on some podcatcher. You can't see what I'm highlighting right now. Uh, but it does say after two received doses, 402 deaths out of the 742 unvaccinated hmm. deaths. Still, still a good bit of the deaths, but it's contrary to what what the what the mainstream belief is right now. So I'm waiting on more studies to come out like that. Great article by Chris. I like how a year ago, everybody was, you know, freaking out, thinking half the, like 10% of the world population is going to die. And everybody was so afraid to go outside and everything. And now it's like, oh, your uncle died? Was he fat? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, with the comorbidities and everything. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point that, 
the majority of people that die from COVID are people who are not in the best health. Yeah, we'll I put think it that way. I think it was something like five percent of the deaths are pure COVID. Yeah, and the rest have an average of four comorbidities, which I can't talk because I have a super dad bod going on right now. That, <laughs> you know, we're we're trying to work on that. I, I'm gonna gonna start running as I tell myself every time, and then I drink another coke. But that's okay. Just uh, start drinking water and uh, hit the gym three days a week. You'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I like the sauna. I like mm-hmm. the sauna a lot. Um, I even right after I got done with COVID, that's what I did. I hit the gym a lot. Yeah. And and hit the sauna a lot. I felt better. And, and while while I had COVID, I was just supplementing vitamin D a lot. Oh, you had COVID, so you don't need a vaccine anyway. You're I like had, yeah the I best had, kind of vaccinated. You get the natural immunity. They're saying the the first. The first one gives you pretty good immunity. I saw mm-hmm. an article about that yesterday. And then I think I might have even had the Delta variant. Really? My my ex's sister popped positive right huh. before right before her flight back from <laughs> uh, Spain. And she forged the document and <laughs> <laughs> and said she was negative and got back in and then took, took, took a test here. Oh, said, man. said she was negative, took another test, it was positive. X got sick and uh, she was sick for like two weeks and we yeah. were sleeping in the same bed and stuff. And so I came in contact, like that is as close as you can come in contact with. Right. Yeah, you probably got it, man. Cause some people yeah. don't get symptoms for some reason. It's super weird. It doesn't make I, any sense. I recently had a day. This was like a, a few, few months ago, I think now. And I had a couple symptoms like sniffles and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, you know, and you never know, man. Right. I, I've been I've been traveling around with the LPF and and doing two two statewide meetings, two national meetings with Mises caucus and stuff. Honestly, man, I'm I'm surprised I didn't get COVID at national convention. Yeah. Statistically speaking, the people that stayed at home, we did a survey afterwards and we asked everybody. So we had convention last year. We did it hybrid in person and, you know, online. So the people that didn't want to show up in person could stay home. People that want to show up could show up. And there was at least 600 people maybe that showed up to be the in-person convention. It was like a, like a huge, you could fit like three or four 737s where, where we had the, uh, the convention set up, maybe more. Um, it was huge. And so but we had a bunch of people there. I remember at one point, like we had Joe Jorgensen and like the Mises caucus suite, or maybe it was the Rad caucus, I forget. And they were like shouting and the Fed at the top of their lungs. And we're like drinking alcohol. So it compromised the immune system. And I'm like, if I don't have COVID, I definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't get it and nobody got it. We just sent a survey out. We had more people that stayed at home, get COVID and the people that showed up. We had no people that showed up, get COVID. Wow. So statistically speaking, if you stayed home, you're more likely to get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe they don't know. And that's the thing. That's the thing for me is if you're right. asymptomatic, which, which mainstream, even mainstream admits that you can be mm-hmm. asymptomatic, right? Then you wouldn't know. So yeah. no one, no, no one knows the actual numbers because I'm not going to go get, get tested if I don't have any symptoms, right? For sure, yeah. I'm not going to waste money on that, at least. So, yeah, you don't know if, if even if you did. But I'm with you. I didn't get it. I didn't hear of anyone who had it at convention or at Y'all Rev, which was a na- nationwide convention. It's, so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I, I, you know, I don't even think about it anymore, honestly. Like, like if I'm making a decision to go somewhere or do something, like I just got back from a – Jerry Rogan was at the BB&T Center in Fort Lauderdale, and there was probably 2,000 people there or whatever. 
And uh, you know, like I don't, I don't really think about it. I just go. I, I do what I gotta hyped, do. I bet he hyped the crowd up about about oh. masters. Fuck these masters. <laughs> oh, he he was proud of Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had a lot of good jokes on COVID. If you if you haven't seen the tour, if if you're able to, I don't know where he's going next, but it was funny as fuck, man. It was it was because he you know he rides that edge, and um, the guys that came up before him and opened for him. I mean, they're like going actively against the whole woke crowd. So they're they're like man they're they're going after it. It's funny man and and Bill Burr he's torn too and I, I wish I could have seen him. I think he's playing tonight in Miami. I love uh, all this. He guys. he sold out like he sold out like like a month ago. So I was like damn I could see both in the same weekend. R- Rogan or Burr? <laughs> uh, Burr. I lo- yeah. I, lo- I love that whole circle. That's actually how I found I found the way to the Mises Caucus was really because of I'd say because of Joe Rogan because I found Ari Shafir through Joe mm. Rogan. And I loved Ari Shafir. I went to see him at Bonnaroo and stuff. And Dave Smith did the does the State of the Union every mm. year, every year on a on Ari Shafir's podcast. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. And I, I heard, know about that. I got introduced to him whenever I was just working at the Grand. I think it was like overnight. I was ripping up the floors at the Grand Marlin in Pensacola. It's a nice uh, restaurant on the beach overnight just listen to alex jones go off about like trump and stuff this was 2016 or 2015 yeah. election time i'm like i'm like he's crazy but i like <laughs> what he has to say but i'm not gonna be a big fan of him i was like right let's turn on for some laughs go to ari Shapir. it was like dave smith political guy you know state of the union i was like okay and right then i was like i'm following part of the problem i i know i i know this guy's got something and I pair, awesome. I pair that shit all the time. I pair him, Tom Woods, and Scott Horton because why not? That, you yeah, know. you know, it's it's so crazy. Everybody's got their libertarian story, right? Like you can go to any member of the LP and be like, yo, how'd you find, what's your libertarian story, right? You don't go to a Democrat. How'd you become a Democrat? Oh, my parents were Democrats, right? Or my parents <laughs> were Republicans and I decided to become a Democrat and be different or, you know, or vice versa. Like, you, you know, when people become a libertarian, they like, there's usually a story behind that. Like, oh man, I remember when, you know, I saw Ron Paul and, uh, and he came out, you know, and I was like, holy shit. And, and I just knew that I was like, yeah, I was a Ron Paul guy. And then that led to the libertarian party with Gary Johnson at Paul fest. Uh, and then got involved with young Americans for Liberty at FIU, then got involved with LP Florida keys, then LPF, then LNC. And then it's all downhill from there. Uh, at least for me, it started with the creature from Jekyll Island. When I was like 15, I wrote, I read that book and that was like, Whoa. And G. Edward Griffin was probably the biggest influence to me besides uh, Ron Paul. And then Joe Rogan, too, man. I actually started following him for the comedy um, even before his podcast. And he mm-hmm. was just he just said things that made sense. Him, Bill Hicks. I mean, all those guys were like, you know, the modern day jesters. They can tell the truth and no one's going to get mad at them. You're just like, whoa, shit, yeah. they're right, man. Fuck. Yeah. And that's, so that's a good thing yeah. about comedy. I, I, I'm good. a big comedy guy, too. Yeah, it's the only area we can tell the truth and not get crucified. Or they might still crucify you, but at least it's funny. <laughs> People least, listen. At least you can you have that fallback. Like I was attempting to make a joke, right? Know? Even if it is true, because that's comedy has an element of truth to it. That's that's right. what any great any great comedian I've heard they've admitted that they said yeah it's true, or they'll be like no it's just a play it's just dumb it's just stupid and that's why it's funny. Do you see the libertarian movement expanding right now? I'll, I'll tell you what I think, but I'm curious to hear what you think. I, I guess I'm biased because I'm in, I'm in the middle of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I have I have 80 calls to make today from yeah. from people who have joined or inter, or are interested in 
talking more to, to the Florida Mises Caucus, and I consider that to be the libertarian movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider it to be the most libertarian of the libertarian movement right now. But, <laughs> it, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I, I respect everyone, whether they're in Waffle House Caucus or radical, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the middle of it, so I'm a little biased. I think it is. I think there's still an argument in each state, like the New Hampshire Free Staters, Republican Party is the best way to, you know, you know, advance liberty. Maybe, yeah, they, they, maybe it is for your state. Maybe, maybe in New Hampshire, because in Florida, the RLC basically gets treated like uh, third-class citizens by the Republican Party. Right, and so. even even Sabatini's uh, falls for that too, man. I was, I yeah. was at the. Uh, sucks because he's one of he's he's a good guy. He's, I would say he's one of our guys, but um, he, we were at we were at the constitutional carry event with mm-hmm. Louis Valdez in Tallahassee. We just went to support Sabatini and Louis. And have some people and say, we're going to be here and we're going to be pushing constitutional carry this year. Um, the Mises caucus gathered around to take a picture. And he already took a picture with everybody. But we were like, right. come on, get a picture with us. And he walked up and he, someone was like, are you guys the Libertarian Party? And someone had to say yes. I wasn't going to say yes. I was going to be like, <laughs> no, no. We were like Libertarians, but not the party. He's like, I can't I can't take a picture with y'all. Y'all are... Uh, hurting the republican party y'all, y'all is that what he said he said y'all y'all hurt the republican can we, party. Can we put that in quotes and just yeah. like have that like on a banner yeah I y'all mean, are hurting the republican party sabatini because i i wear that with a badge of honor me too, me, me too and i uh, not only did he say that he, he said it he said you're hurting the republican party because you take our best republicans good as we should because as we should that is a beautiful compliment look we take the best you know we that, are the best, yeah. screw the rest, right? So, no, I mean, it, it is true that, I mean, what happens is, and I speak to a lot of ex-Republicans, is after years of trying to make a difference within their party and getting shunned, they're like, man, screw this. They come to the Libertarian Party where they're welcomed and they feel a part of the club. And now it's our mission as the party to put them in a position of being able to be successful, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a reason people join the Republican Party. And 99% of the time, it's because of the R next to their name. That's Literally, it's a brand. The Republican Party is a brand. That's all it is. It's not like they give you money or support or whatever. Only they do for certain people. But the Republicans and the Democrats, they really don't provide much in terms of services. Um, they're just a brand, right? So we need to grow the Libertarian Party as a brand, too, while also providing resources and services to make sure our people are successful. Uh, we have to work harder because we have much less resources than they do. And so we have the Spartan political party um, where, we, where we're looking to be effective and to be as big as our bark. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that literally happens every day where we have Republicans come over somewhere in the country. Um, and even in Florida too, I get a lot of people email me and hit me up and new volunteers, new people. A lot of them come from Republicans. Some of them come from Democrats. It's 50, 50, really. Um, which is interesting to me. The 50, 50 is very, yeah. Yeah. They usually come, you know, you have people on the left who are big into social problems, but, uh, they don't like the Democrats and they're usually, you know, business friendly. They're kind of free market folks. You have folks from the right that are like the Republican party sucks. And, you know, I'm down with, you know, gay marriage, whatever else. Like, I don't really care. Right. So you have those people kind of intersect and they start to edge over into the libertarian spectrum. And then from there, they start to open up to more ideas and their mind kind of gets a little bit more open as they're around with the libertarians and they can kind of distill, you know, their ideology kind of expands over the years, which is normal since we are an ideological party. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, to answer the question, I, I do see the party growing. And the reason I asked you is because it's 
interesting to hear other perspectives because I'm sure I'm biased as well um, since I'm in the middle of it. Um, but I remember, you know, so we opened up a Dairy Queen in my hometown uh, of uh, Tavernier. I grew up in Alamorada. It's just right below it. And so the Dairy Queen, I used to go to when I was a little kid, right? And then I went to high school. I, I, I got until I was like 19 or 20 before I heard the word libertarian, which is shocking. And so my little sister, who and you joined, me, you joined the LPF in like 22. So you yeah, like a, <laughs> yeah. like a quick turnaround there. Oh yeah, man. It was crazy. Like I literally think I joined the LP. I, I think I became a member of the LNC when I was like 20 years old or 21. Like I, I could barely drink and I was like a member of the board, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of crazy. Like I literally spent, I think I was like 21 when I joined or 22, but I pretty much spent like my whole twenties, you know, in this party growing up in this party. And, um, you know, it's pretty, it was, it's awesome. And, um, and so my little sister's like, Hey, you know, there's a kid in my high school and he's a libertarian. And so he wants to meet you. I'm like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. And he's working for me at my dairy queen. Right. And so he's like, Hey, yeah, I'm a libertarian and my friends are libertarians and you know, we're all about it. And I'm like, Holy shit. That's crazy. You've got kids in high school that are identifying with libertarianism. That didn't happen before. Dairy queen libertarian meetups. Is that what Yeah. We might have a libertarian affiliate in a dq <laughs> nice. um but you know i'm telling you man i uh i gave a speech at my or a, a talk or whatever a presentation in my when my sister was in fifth grade this was a long time ago she's she's like 10 years younger than me and so i talked to her class about uh about libertarianism to her fifth grade class and i get it you know this whole presentation the kids are really into it because they don't get exposed to that in their school i think now in their textbooks it mentions libertarian party for like one sentence maybe we get like a half a paragraph now i'm not sure but that's all i hear about in political science is like two words about the libertarian party and the greens and and that's kind of it right i'm surprised they let you come talk Awesome. Yeah, they were cool about it. It was a Montessori in Tavernier uh, or Treasure Village, Montessori so not, not in Colorado. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would if you know the right connections, because mm-hmm. I and I'm telling you that uh, as a moral technique would say the mind of a child is where the revolution begins. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that I think that, you know, talking to the next generation is I mean, you're, you're probably not going to convince somebody who's 50, 60, 70 years old to become a libertarian, right? Mm -hmm. They're either diehard Trump or diehard Biden, and you're going to change their mind. It's going to be, it's going to be nearly impossible. Yeah, something bad's happened that already has solidified, like Ross Perot. That's what they Yeah, they're going to look at Ross Perot and go, oh, you know, he was a spoiler. And by the way, Ross Perot, so Ross Perot got in the debates. That was the whole thing. The reason why Ross Perot got big is because he was in the commission presidential debates. And the CPD, which is run by Republicans and Democrats, changed the rules afterwards to make sure he would never get back. So, you know, if we could still get in the debates, man, that would be, I mean, if we got in the debates, that would be key. But, you know, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon because the the FEC ruled against us and the, they're openly corrupt. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's, we're going to have to find our own way through the media to the minds of these these people, these younger people, and let them know that we're here. And we're actually doing a really good job at that. And also, we make great memes. So <laughs> Memes are absolutely top-notch around here. <laughs> <laughs> we do a really good job in meme warfare. We're like the guerrilla meme army yeah, I when don't it comes under- to the internet. I don't understand how, how it could be that good, but it, but it is. I just I, – I know you're saying we, we're not going to get on the debate stage because it is controlled. You need 15% right. in, in polls that they get to pick, right? right. You need to have 15% in a, at least three of the five polls that they pick, and they pick polls that are 
uh, you know, CNN, Fox, like mainstream. Yeah. Fox they don't even include stuff. us in the polls. So no. unless I don't know, maybe if you That's say, See, have you ever gotten a call from a poll worker? I have, yeah. I, I got a lot never, less calls they this never time. Never include libertarian, right? Yeah, it's funny because they'll be like Republican or Democrat, and I'm like Libertarian Party, and they're like, "That's not an option." I'm like Libertarian Party. They're like, "We'll put yeah. other like or some shit," you know? Like they don't they don't know what to say because they're like that whole left right paradigm has been so purposefully solidified as these are your options. Anything else outside of that, it's like Coke or Pepsi, right? Mm-hmm. It's like screw RC Cola, even though we're not. Yeah, we're like more like I don't know a kombucha or something. You know, like <laughs> we're like something totally different. But it's like it's only Pepsi or, or, or Coke. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's only two options, right? Um, so so they've solidified that ideology and it's pounded through you in the media, in education, and you know in in community life. It's this idea that you know third parties don't win. When in reality, we actually, our odds of winning, by the way, in 2021, I think for nonpartisan municipal elections, we're winning 51% of elections in, during this year. And during last year, we won one in five municipal elections for nonpartisan. So this is where liber- they ran as a libertarian? Where a they, non- ran, they ran in a nonpartisan race. So there were libertarians running in nonpartisan races. Mm. And so the idea is to perfect that formula. And that's something that Apollo Pizzell, Kara Schultz, our, our big uh, candidate support folks at National are doing right now through the Libertarian Frontier Project. And by the way, you can, you can donate specifically for these projects if that's something you want to donate money towards. Well, we get professional canvassers out there uh, that are knocking on doors. We, use, we leverage technology uh, like... Uh, e-canvasser uh we have professional campaign planners we i mean we do the whole it's it's a whole campaign plan guerrilla mode throughout you know these certain regions where we're targeting races and that's how we got an elected libertarian in the i think it's the wyoming state senator house or something like that and i think we lost the second one by like 29 votes so we were close to get two people in the senate and so you know these we're, we're perfecting our craft and we're getting better and better at it. And, you know, in Florida, the whole operation first step thing is to basically be able to, you know, you have to build out before you build up because, and I understand everybody wants to go for governor, go for state Senate, man, if we could get like three libertarians in Congress, we could, yeah, it's all true. And, you know, there might be opportunities for that, but you have to operate in such a high level and you have to have experience you know, it's like saying, you know, I've never played professional basketball, but I'm going to go ahead and, you know, yeah. go t- tee up against, you know, Michael Jordan. Like, you know, you have to start out smaller and, and get that experience and build up and build up your team and your support network so you can attack those goals, especially when our brand is still small. Mm-hmm. So we're growing the brand. And the good news is, at least in Florida, if you look at registered voters, Republicans and Democrats are down over the last 10 years. Um, third parties are increasing. And so is no political affiliation. Mm-hmm. So people are either dis- uh, disenfranchised, they're abandoning ship, they're jumping to NPA and third parties, which is good. So our job is to obviously get those NPAers on our side. And those people are also probably going to be more likely to vote for us in like a nonpartisan race or even a partisan one because, you know, they're a little bit less biased. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have opportunities set out for us and, you know, we've got, you know, a libertarian mayor. We've got Libertarian City Council, County Council, all different positions, uh, senators. You've got, you know, I mean, we, we do win elections, right? It's just get, building that brand and getting people to recognize this as a household name. If we could do that, man, that would be. And I think, you know, that's one thing the Mises Caucus is really great with because, you know, I think um, 
Heiss and Dave were just on uh, Tim IRL podcast. So he has a huge audience, mostly younger folks. And, you know, he, now he's reached out to them. Dave Smith is often on the Jerogan Experience podcast. Um, and I think that's something that's fantastic. We want to see more of that kind of stuff get out there in the media and kind of we're, we're playing from a vector that the other parties aren't playing at, which mm-hmm. is through this social vector of society where we're, yeah. we're basically playing to, you know, we're playing at a different angle. Like we're, it's political, but it's not right. Like we're, we're letting people know who we are, what we're all about. And then through that, they're funneling into the party and they're also supporting us um, because they heard about us somewhere and they're pissed off to their two parties who at this point are so uh, comfortable with where they are that they become lazy and, uh, and, you know, they're essentially losing their, their grip on power, even though they don't feel it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, and that's, that's what the 80 people came, came from was um, Michael and Dave being on Tim Pool's podcast. We, we've seen a major uptick. Mm-hmm. We see major upticks. That's every awesome. time Dave goes on Joe Rogan because they look at him and then it, it's kind of correlated because right. afterwards they'll go watch part of the problem. He'll mention Mises caucus or something like that. But yeah, after Tim Pool, because they actually had Michael Heiss on, he was like hammering the Mises caucus home. Uh, we saw a major uptick in the state and and nationwide. So that, that was a very good thing. And we need more of that for sure. I'm with you. Like, even if it's a losing fight, I feel like I'm on the right team because the other team spends two decades in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and right. <laughs> two, $2 trillion in war and lots of people up for plants that are illegal and stuff like right. that so I, and, I don't know man it, even if like i said even if sabatini was right the primary is the biggest tool this and that i feel like i still have more effect on the libertarian party because i mm-hmm. just i just got involved i'm i'm doing stay organizer stuff well, and, think about what party. an amazing compliment that is from sabatini mm-hmm. you guys are taking all the best people it's like hell yeah you know yeah i want to be awesome. like can you get that again can you get that yeah, again? can you can you record that like can i put that in quotes like can you can you write that i mean that's that's a big compliment and you know, he's not going to see it that way, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, let's think about this. You know, five, ten years ago, right, people looked at us like a joke. Many maybe still do. But it's becoming possible to ignore the fact that we're rising. And as we get more power, it's going to be subtle. And we may not be able to feel it because we're in it. Uh, but if you look back five years or ten years, what the Libertarian Party was back then to now, completely night and day, in my opinion. So imagine 10 years from now, is it going to be double, triple, quadruple, tenfold increase in our, you know, in, in our power and in our brand? I mean, I think that's where we're headed, man. And uh, in the meantime, we just keep kicking local elections, which may not be as sexy, but man, they, they do make a big difference to the local level. So, you know, we pay attention there. And also, you know, you're on the LAC, we're doing lobbying effort at the Capitol building. So leveraging political power there because you don't need to elect anybody just going with good ideas and make connections. And that's something that we want to do. Um, and then one thing I'm looking at doing as state chair right now is to actually get us in the media more. So I'm actually working with Larissa Goggin, our national communications director, who we just hired. And we're trying to figure out ways, you know, how do I get on, you know, there's some people I see like on Russia today or, or Fox news with like, like Spike Cohen's with Kennedy, like every other week, I would love to build that level of relationship with, some news network in Florida. And every time there's a hot topic, you know, what's the libertarian stance on this? Cause they're tired of hearing all the same crap from the other two parties. You know, we wanted to hear from us. So I think that's the way, man. I think that, you know, the, the political side is very important and we have to stay steadfast, but it's more of a long-term steady growth kind of thing. 
Um, but we have these other vectors, you know, social media, uh, traditional media, uh, legislative action, et cetera, that we can put a lot of our energy to make big differences right now. Was this your, was this your vision, vision deck? I was going to ask you about your <laughs> vision deck, but I think you just laid yeah. it out for us uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we just hired Salisha Slafter, who's our new fundraiser, uh, contracted fundraiser for the LPF. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's building, 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 you know, you get money in, you can do stuff with cash. It's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. If we had a million dollars in the bank account, you know, we can do a lot of stuff with that money. So um, focusing on, on money and cash flow is really important. And, and then, you know, the two biggest things after that, honestly, are affiliate support and candidate support. Yeah. Because we have to build can affiliates. It's like, what comes first? Okay. First you have money, then you build up affiliates, then you can support candidates through, you know, the affiliate structure and the state structure. Um, while you're doing that on this hand, you're also in the media to grow the party, to make more money, to do this, repeat the cycle. Um, and you're also in Capitol Hill, um, you know, legislating your, you know, you growing our brand and creating connections there. So it all has to work together. It all has to, okay, you know, we have to grow the cash flow, get these affiliates out there and, and expand. Um, and it, it takes time, but as long as we're moving forward in the right direction and we see results, then we're on the right path, which we are. So uh, I hope to, in the next year or two, my, my hope is to either hire a second uh, fundraising director, perhaps, but I'm also considering um, hiring a full-time affiliate support specialist to actually help the region reps in going ahead and uh, affiliating. Cause I see that as our, our second biggest opportunity after fundraising. Oh, yeah. I just want to turn the light switch on and get that flushed out because man, if we had, what is it? 56 or 58, whatever it is, count, uh, affiliate counties in Florida, mm -hmm. if we could affiliate all of them, you know, then you're basically we own territory, man. It's I think like, there's 67 counties in Florida. Is it 67? I always screw that up. I always mix up. I don't know why I get these numbers from. I, yeah, I had to know that. I had to know that for a com Florida Commonwealth. Yeah, class. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason why I know that. I agree with you, man. I and yeah. that that's I. Hopefully, hopefully someone nominates me and I get Region One rep, sure. and, and we can get at least three guys at a bar in Oklahoma and Walton exactly to, to grow that kind of shit. I think you're right. You, you got to hire people like the Republic, the GOP, and the Democrats. They pay people to do right. a lot of their work, and you know we're growing, so eventually that's where you should be paying people to fight for liberty that's one of the best things that i've ever heard of right hell yeah <laughs> we're, we're, we're capitalists we don't we don't shy away from getting paid so of that's course. what needs to happen i, I, mean, I don't money, yeah money I, talks I, yeah you know? money makes stuff happen right and i'm saying even at affiliate levels like i don't know if the bylaws in different lpf uh, affiliates say you can't pay dues or or something like that but they can, they should at least be able to take donations right Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. local affiliate. I mean, um, you could you could donate to a local affiliate, you know, as much money as you want, pretty much, mm -hmm. up to a certain amount in some cases. But, but you know, you can you can you can support your local affiliate, open up a bank account. I mean, you act as an extension of the LPF, so there's nothing stopping a local affiliate from going out there and and you know raising ten thousand dollars and being just as big as the state party if they wanted to, and hiring people. And their local affiliates to go in and do stuff there. So yeah, Broward. um, Broward's killing yeah. it. <laughs> Broward, yeah, Broward. Broward's expanding, man. It's awesome. I I love to see these powerhouse affiliates because you know four years ago when I first went to Broward to run for chair, uh, they had like sixty people at their annual convention. Um, Miami Dade one year they had like seventy five people at theirs. They had people flying in. I mean, it, it's crazy. These state affiliates they get big, man, and and they have a presence. 
And when you have people coming to the party and they see that, they're like, oh, shit, these guys are serious, mm -hmm. you know? And, and even when you have like a, a fundraising director or, you know, whatever it is, people are like, oh, man, these guys are serious. Oh, they're in Tallahassee, too. Yeah, these guys are serious. I'm, I want to join this party. So you have to take action and we have to make things happen for people to get excited about it and, and want to be a part of this thing. Because, you know, we can't be stagnant and can't pretend like, oh, well, we'll just in 100 years when, you know, we'll just... I don't know, fill the, you know, whatever we will, we'll get there eventually, you know, we have to be aggressive. And so, so that's what I try to bring to the table and no Joe Biden get us there as fast as possible. Uh, uh, we're good. We're gonna, we're gonna get there. It's just, you, you watch, I, I got long hair. I, I got America's back, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I, I used to have the sound by on, on by, I think. Hey, look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I love kids jumping on my lap. Yeah, I love, I love, I love, having, I, I love having the Biden oh, voice man. on the soundboard. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. We've done like an hour and a half. Thank, sure, man. Thank, thanks for coming on. It was good to talk about LPF politics. I'm going to see you in the meeting later. So that, you know, we'll, likewise, I hope you keep the same outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll stay in character the entire time with a yeah. couple of, what the hell is going on? It's going to be all, <laughs> all Aladdin. <laughs> Everything is Aladdin. Very very Aladdin. <laughs> hey, all right, you got any plugs? Any sh shout okay. outs? All in favor, Aladdin. All against, say Aladdin. The Aladdins have it. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah, you got any plugs? You got any plugs you'd like to plug? Podcasts or people, maybe even LPF, LPF people that are doing doing a good job. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Well, uh, I would say definitely check out lpf.org. Get involved, of course. Find your local affiliate. Join up. Get, invo get involved in the fight. It's awesome. And uh, also consider giving money to your state party is the LPF. If you're from out of town, you know, join your local state party. Get involved there, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. You, you do a lot of awesome stuff that actually makes a difference. Uh, other than that, don't bother listening to Joshua Smith's podcast. He's still locked in the closet um in undisclosed location so he will not get out for a long time don't worry don't worry he's probably okay and uh yeah lastly i would say join your local libertarian party affiliate and uh, get involved at the local level because you know why fight city hall when you can be city hall there you so, go so that's yeah, it man that's a quote get out there and get it yeah yeah that's a good quote i like that what? one well thanks for coming on yeah. this, this has been the luchadors of liberty on the higher frequency podcast network we got college football extravaganza first episode of the season coming back uh tomorrow previewing week one of the college football season so if you like your sports tune into that on the higher frequency podcast network as well other than that shout out to Celicia slafter she's been doing a great job for the lpf and mises caucus um recruiting a bunch of people for us and raising a bunch of money I know I still have to pay my $25 commitment to the uh, LPF anyway, but when you guys come and knock it, I'll pay. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. All right. Peace out. I'll let her know you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>